This is What's Happened to the Headmasters. The podcast that goes out on the internet. Head on! Head on! This is What's Happened to the Headmasters, episode four. I am Brian Kilby. On the last episode, we talked about the rebellion on Planet Beast. On that episode, the Autobots intercept two Beastformers, or Battle Beasts. From those Battle Beasts, the Autobots learn that the evil Battle Beasts have subjugated the heroic Battle Beasts and have aligned themselves with the Decepticons. Having none of that, the Autobots decide to help liberate the Battle Beasts. And they do. The Autobots aid the rebellion on Planet Pisto, and the heroic Battle Beasts are liberated. What a heartwarming and moving episode. Feedback on the last podcast was very positive, and I really appreciate everyone's kind words. What I love most about this episode was that a lot of people learned that, yes, the Battle Beasts are part of the Transformers universe, in Japan at least. So that was really cool. If you're listening to the podcast, please let me know. Send a tweet to at bkilby or at tfradio, or shoot an email to contact at tfradio.net. And if you really like it, please leave us a review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe and let your friends know. So going forward, there are going to be a couple of changes with the podcast. I've been posting the podcast on more or less a weekly basis, and I'm going to do my best to keep that, but it will not air on the same day each week. As the year is dwindling away, there's a seasonality to Transformers news. So a lot of our topical discussions, which are plentiful during the spring and summer months, uh, wind down to a mere trickle toward autumn and winter. So I'm going to use this and some of our other shows to just make sure that we have consistent content in the feed. And starting next week, from a recording perspective, we are actually going to start featuring one episode of The Headmasters with each podcast episode. It'll mean more podcasts in the long run and less editing time for me. On this episode of What's Happened to the Headmasters, we're talking about two episodes. First is The Evil Meteor. And second, we have Four Million Years, The Veil of Mystery. Joining me on today's episode is my good friend Dusty, who is also the host of our podcast, RPG Lessons Learned. Hey, Brian. Hey, Dusty. This is something that uh, I've been doing now with friends that are not part of the Transformers space the Transformers friends in my life. No, but you do like Transformers to an extent. To an extent, yes. Um, gosh, as long as you've known me, so which has been 11 years at this point. Yes. Uh, over 11 years. Like Transformers, for the most part, have been a pretty con- a constant part of who I am. Yeah, you. absolutely. This is something, though, that I don't think I've ever asked you to watch. I haven't regularly watched Transformers since G1. Okay. So, no, I, uh, I, I'm aware of what you're going to ask me to watch and i saw a little bit of it when you recorded with nathan but i I have not sought any more out or any more information on it okay good so realistically this podcast is a first go i think is a first go at like trying to actually go through episode by episode of the dubs and sort of talk about them uh do a little very minimal analysis but some analysis on them um, I think, uh, I think we're doing, I think we're doing good work here. Okay, good. And, and I appreciate you being part of that. This is content that's not already out there. It's not been rehashed. We, we are, we're hashing it. We're not rehashing We're hashing it. it. I'm all about hashing content. I don't like rehashing stuff that somebody else has already done. Uh, hey, I'm there. Let's hash this. 
So we're watching two episodes today. Last week with Nathan, we only got a chance to watch one, which was The Revolt on Planet Pisto. Uh, today, we are watching The Evil Meteor, which is episode six. In episode seven, we are watching Four Million Years, The Veil of Mystery. So let's go ahead and jump into the first episode again, which is The Evil Meteor. It looks pretty the, evil. The music sounds very Dragon Ball Z. So it's very it's very Japanese of a certain era. All right. Hope you find About the same era. Hmm. Everything seems pretty smooth. How come the Decepticons are not even responding to our actions then? Well, don't speak too soon. I'm sure they the do. The cadence something. is it's hardly unlikely they'll just sit there on their rears and watch us. The cadence is the most interesting thing about this. <laughs> it's it's very it's very conversational. But the way they speed up and slow down, you know what I'm recognizing actually? The they whoever's doing these dubs. Uh, so I, I think the premise of the show, Brian, is probably that the dubs are, are terrible. But you got to recognize that they're working so hard to vary the cadence of the sentences to match the mouths. Just take a look at our latest technological development. Yeah, they're doing a great job, especially Galatron here. There, there's some craft here. I mean, I know, I know the premise of the show is the dubs are bad, but there is some real craft in making it match the mouths. Earlier episodes, it's not so good. This is really, I mean, they... We must intercept their rescue team. So, either these are all one takes and they had gotten really good at matching to the mouths, or... They spent some time pausing and stopping and starting and rewinding to make it match the mouth so well. Yeah, so perfect. Right here, no mouths. The cadences are normal, yeah. and it's a, and it's and it's not bad quality, right? The minute you see a face and a mouth, well, it's it's not bad quality in the sense that what they're saying isn't absurd. It's how they're saying it, though. The they're, yeah, yeah. How they, 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 they're, they're no longer doing this weird thing where they talk really fast, and then they kind of slow down for a second, and then they go really fast again. You bunch of dunderheads! I'm gonna twist your dunderheads. I would love to know the original Japanese phrase for dunderhead. There's probably. I don't know how much of the actual script that they're reading from. Let me show you. I like the cartoon that we, that we had in the United States. We're about to disguise in 2001. There was a lot of liberty taken with how it was translated. And in general, there's a lot of liberty taken with how the American cartoon is translated into Japanese, especially when it came to, like, Beast Wars. So when you get translation of this quality, though, I think that's a sign of less liberty being taken. Like, it's probably religiously, rotely following what they're saying. It, it may be. Like, there's some question around the, the use of memes and such that I cannot come up with how Billy is the name for blaster there's i can't figure out in how at all that that would how they came to that there's no nothing from the way that his name sounds anything between like the lnr ambiguation i can't understand how that works what is blaster in japanese uh blaster in japanese is broadcast the actual syllables broadcast broadcast so in japanese when the cartoons in Japanese, I would hear broadcast. broadcast. Yeah. This meteorite is huh. a target. Get into strike positions. We'll destroy its energy source. So why would they just keep it as broadcast? Well, more likely they would use the American name, which is Blaster. 
because yeah, but, the, but, the people, this is for an English audience, and it's dubbed by people who speak English, who obviously have watched the American cartoon because they reuse a lot of the American names. Like Op- Co- Optimus Prime is Optimus Prime and not Convoy. We're having a hard time with the meteorite. We're not able to bring it down. Tell everyone not to get too close to the meteorite. At the same time, we have to keep a close eye on Sydney. Take whatever measures are necessary if they make any sudden moves. What they're saying is absurd. Like Thunderhead was crazy right. earlier. But listen got. to this emoting. They are emoting better than I. Well, certainly better than I could. Yeah. Did different people do the translating and the acting, or did the same guys who did the translating do the acting? Or do you know? I get the feeling. I get the feeling that it, it's a very small office of people doing this. So I would, would not be surprised if it's the same people. This is either translators doing a great job at amateur acting. Or amateur actors doing a terrible job at reading translated text. <laughs> and, I, and in my head, the more generous, the more generous option is the translators doing a great job of amateur acting. If that's what we're seeing, I think you're actually seeing a lot of passion here. No use, just hand over your weapons. Cyberdon's days are numbered, and Sydney will be the next to go, and very soon it'll be devoured by Milo. Milo, what on earth is that? Well, that's the name I've given to the meteorite. That's Meteor- awesome. <laughs> he named the meteorite. Named the meteorite. <laughs> Milo, what's that? That's the name Rodimus I named the meteorite. Galvatron. That was a Turing test. <laughs> the Turing test. The, the ability to yeah. name so things. Is that, that is that one of the is that one of the check boxes? I the believe test? it is. Is the ability to name things. So, by, by naming that that asteroid, we finally answered the questions. Are Decepticons and by extension Transformers the, sentient? Yeah. I mean, so this isn't the first precedent good. for that. Then I won't waste I mean, any more Will Jack time. named everything Come he invented. It's time we finish where we left off, huh? Sir, please let me take care of them. All right, fine. Just crush them. Yes, sir. We'll take care of them. I promise you that you won't be disappointed. This is the end for you, Sydney. Ha ha ha. So even that guy in the background there, so I promise you that you won't be disappointed. You can barely see his face. You can barely see his mouth move, and they still match the words to the mouth. It results in a really weird cadence. Earlier examples did not match so closely. Okay. And the Autobots handle this crisis. The meteorite is getting closer to Sydney a minute by minute. So and another question, though. though Wait, is, is the narration true to the Japanese? Do you have the Japanese copies? I've got the Japanese copies, yeah. Is the narration true? Like, is there just random voiceover narration? Or are they doing that to try to make it make sense? There's, there's, random, there's random narration. Okay. So, uh, Japanese, is, is, is it Japanese is more compressed or less compressed than English? I, I'm afraid I don't know. I'm pretty sure that Japanese, te- Japanese text is more compressed, I think. Because words can mean ideas and things. I thought every kanji was a syllable. I thought, I, didn't, I thought it was either way around. That's why there's so many kanji, is that, is that you know, we just have individual letters. Well, so, but kanji are more complex than our letters. Okay. Oh, certainly, yeah. I mean, we only have twenty-six, and they have. So if it's a, I mean, so if it's a syllable, I mean, that would be a phoneme, right? So that would be. We're so far over our heads. Anyone yeah. listening who's an actual your linguist, wa- your, your my, wife? my wife would know. Your she, wife would she, know. She has a linguistics degree. What's the matter with them? Why don't they listen? Come, pass my orders now. Tell everyone not to act impulsively. Yes, Commander. They were too impatient. They couldn't. This sounds wait. like. Really a couple of guys trying to sound like a lot of people. That That's exactly what it is. So let's recognize the craft in that as well. I mean, how do you how do you develop? So if you're one guy and you're doing six voices, how do you 
This meteorite Keep notes to yourself to remember which voice goes with which character. Do you know who did it, sir? Who else but the Decepticons? I wonder if they record them all in one go and then edit it together. So basically, like, I'm going to be Rodimus Prime for all the episodes. Rodimus Prime. Rodimus. Rodimus Prime. Rodimus Prime. Were they British? They're, yeah, they are. They're in Hong Kong. Okay. It's just too bad that Sparkle hasn't recovered from his previous injury. We still got Danny. He can go. No, I'll pass. Why don't you ask Lieutenant Melissa of the Earth Defense Force to do it? This is too Ooh, Marissa Fairborn, nice. To locate them, you know. But Daughter of Flint. I don't even know how. Oh, really? Yeah. So there's a, there's a G.I. Joe cross over there that I didn't even put your life at risk. Are you sure? Yeah. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, so but listen, Danny. I'll agree with you this that they don't show. match the don't sounds right now, with the mouth die. movements. Like we're seeing long E that. sounds with a wide open mouth, yeah. which, which is not accurate. But they are matching what speech with movement. He's just trying to get away. Hey, you know, it seems to me like that's just a just the cost of entry. Way. You can only ask so many things. How much more time do we have before crashing with a meteorite? Two more days. So again, in my head, the generous assumption: this is a skeleton crew of translators that are doing a bang-up job of certain things. Whoa, there's humans. Yeah, it's Carly and Spike. I knew about the kid, but still hospitalized from his injury and recovery is slow. If we cannot come up with a solution now, it's not just us. It's the entire universe that is facing this threat of total destruction. And we've got to stop it now, before it's too late. Don't you These understand? These accents sound all over the place. Like, like just go. now, when he's the threat of total destruction. It sound, I mean, it, these sound like different British accents from different parts of England. I've got to do something to save the Autobots. I understand your concern, but at least wait till your wounds are healed. If we don't I mean, they are now, trying to do to different you know. voices. Sparkle, I'll come with you, all right? Yeah, but some of it sounds unconscious. Hey, like, if you watch Lethal Weapon, there are a few moments where you can hear Mel Gibson's Australian slip through. Yeah. Um, and he got better about that throughout his career. And that, by the way, that's no endorsement of everything Mel Gibson's ever said. But, uh, <laughs> but I think some of this is, is, is some genuine accent slipping through, which leads me back to the conclusion... These are the translators doing a bang-up job of amateur acting. By now, the meteorite's getting very close to Sydney. So I don't want to comment on too much of the visual stuff since this is an audio format. I would love to slow down some of these transformations frame by frame and see how lazy the animators got because it looks pretty lazy. It's incredibly lazy. Some of this stuff is not much more than what Filmation did, with being super lazy in the way they would animate. Yeah, reusing a lot of the same cells from episode to episode, and keeping as much about the body static and only moving the mouth. It has transformed. Look, look at that. Yeah, only the mouth moving. Only the mouth moving. But you've got to respect that. I mean, to turn out content as fast as they did. If you can win this battle, Sydney will live on. Danny, I'm going to tell you this one more time. Yes, Father? What is it? All right. Listen carefully. Spaceship Bruce will take you as close as... Spaceship Bruce! Since the high-level ultrasonic... I think that's the first... Spaceship Bruce. I think that's the first time that he's referred to as Spaceship Bruce. You then have to approach the meteorite and find out where the damaging sonic wave is coming from. You know, it'd be a hell of a spaceship if it were Spaceship Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I know. And a sonic wave in space. Wow. That's impressive. That is... Can I come too? Ma- can I come too? The presumably adult transformer asking the child, "Can I come too?" Don't you? 
<laughs> All right, Danny. Go now, ready now. To the laughs. I've noticed the we'll laughs a couple times, like the trip. evil laugh earlier on the bridge of the of the Decepticon vessel, and now this guy's laugh. That leads me back to, to the, trans the translators mind, are working you know? really hard to match mouths, even the laughs. Are you really? Are you making fun of me? And, and you know, Brian, okay, I was just kidding. if I think it's about, so, like, who's the audience, right? Whenever right. you look at any work of, oh, yeah, it's kids. Are kids going to respond more negatively to nonsensical dialogue? Or would they just get frustrated by dialogue that doesn't match the mouths? And I think for the audience... The translators and dubbers are making the right call. I was kind of excited to watch this because of the, I, I, I'm not exposed much to Headmasters, and I'm aware of Headmaster Don from listening to RFC. You've met Headmaster. Have you not met? No, no, you haven't. Only on Skype when we played the D&D yeah, game. Yeah, Mark met him in person. Yeah, I haven't met Don, Don in person. So I was excited to watch, and I, don't, I was expecting to see, frankly, a lot more Headmaster switching heads and heads coming off. Oh, you'll see it. I haven't seen any. Well, so like, oh, okay. how far in are we? Like, are we halfway through the episode? So we have five minutes left in this episode. So and I haven't see, seen any of it. So in the last five minutes, you you will definitely see plenty of it. So is it like an Incredible Hulk thing, like the like yes. the Bill Bixby, Bill Bixby Incredible Hulk? Their beats they follow with basically every episode. Okay. The time has come for you to die. Now here's what I'm reveal that I'm not a trans fan. Who is that? Galvatron. Okay. See, I was a Megatron guy. I, I only watched G1. And then I actually quit watching Armada because Megatron was a tank and not a pistol, and I was I just couldn't take it. Galvatron's in G1. He's in the season. Is he? Yes. Okay. Well, he's he's a reformed Megatron. I had a bunch of toys and I watched a bunch of G1 when I was little, and I tried to watch Armada in my teen years and couldn't. Okay. Are the dubbers responsible for the music? No. Then in no way can they be blamed for the entirety of the quality issues of the show. I love the music for the show. It's very of of a certain era. But you know, I find that like I watch things now with my daughter, and I'm like, wow, we're gonna look back on this music and we're gonna say that is 2000 teens music right there. All right, so the effects of the fists hitting the, hitting the deck right there. The effects are also provided, the music, the effects. The, uh, so I, I, the music is provided. I don't know how much of the effects are provided. It's probably a separate tra audio track, if I had to guess. Okay. So the dubbers have the Foley work, the dubbers have the music work, and they only provide the voices. I don't, like, I don't know how much of the Foley work the dubbers actually have. Okay. How about this? Or this? So Fortress Maxis is making faces, trying to, trying to cheer up Danny. And because he's making goofy faces, that's the only time the voice hasn't matched the mouth. Sorry, I should have put myself in Danny's position, sir. That's all right, really. Don't worry about it. Now I'm sure Danny can accomplish this mission. <laughs> the the emotion there, the way he was like, really, don't worry about it. I am terrible at emoting. Like I cannot emote. I have a hard time with it. So these guys are doing a mega job. Ultrasonic wave will destroy us. But then how's Danny gonna land on the meteorite? He can't fly, Commander. Listen, when the spaceship gets over the top of the meteorite, Danny will jump off. That's too dangerous, sir. I don't think that's a good idea. Just relax, Danny can do it. I know. See, he can. in there, really? just he relax, can. he can do it. Me? That's right. Say, go, Danny, you can do it. <laughs> so in a way, does this come across what as bad? It? Because Danny? the emoting is more realistic and less oh, wow. performing. 
Like, does that make it seem less polished? Even though it's... it's... So there's a recent Transformer series that came out last year, called or this year, called Combiner Wars. The voice acting in it was fine, for the most part. Unlike this. The voice acting in this, when I say it's not fine, it's from a... From a differentiation standpoint from a character's voice matching their book. Um, but what they did a terrible job with was the producing of it. There was no... They overproduced in some parts and underproduced in other parts. Where this feels like it's not produced at all. It's all flat. It's all... There's probably some e, maybe some EQ thrown on it, but no actual effects. Um, it, this is just a very straight, straight up recording job. And... So they, they did a decent job performing, did a decent job matching the, 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 the mouths, and that's it. They didn't punch it's, up the highs, it's, they it's, didn't punch down they, the lows. And they, and they don't have, they don't have, uni- they have unique voices for some of the characters, but for the most part, they are very amateur. Very amateur. Yeah. I mean, emoting well for amateurs, but amateurs. Now. It's amazing what people find watchable. Have you watched that documentary, Brian? Um, Chuck Norris versus communism. It. He's made it. <laughs> no, yeah. I haven't. It's amazing, gone. and it's it's huh? similar to this. The um, basically, these Don't movies do. were dubbed You'll like American movies were dubbed into Romanian by these Romanian translators, and they didn't bother trying to match mouths. The Romanian narrator would watch a movie live, seeing it for the first time. They'd watch it live and kind of record a track telling the audience what's going on. And that was it. That was the dub. And these movies took Romania by storm. That's amazing. It's a fantastic, fantastic documentary. And at the end, like the whole time you hear the voiceovers of the real people who, who were talking about doing this translation work. And at the end, you finally see them. The documentary is so well done, but... But I could see where this would come off as watchable to a kid. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I think it's very watchable as an adult. Yeah, I, I, the way you sold this to me, I was expecting something that was almost unwatchable, and and they did a good job. I mean, if I hadn't talked through it, the, your audience could have heard more of the of, of the emotion and dialogue that was happening. So. Let's go ahead and I'll, I'll, let me say this. This one, this episode was a more run-of-the-mill, less absurd and preposterous sort of plot. Episodes that I have... I mean, this has the same plot... As a G1 cartoon. Right? No, that's not where I was going to go. As a Michael Bay film. <laughs> yeah, actually, you're right. Yeah, it's an asteroid coming for... A, it's, 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 it's an evil... The asteroid's the bad guy. I think we've all seen that Michael Bay film. Yeah, so... But some of the other episodes that are just absurd in their presentation, when you take when you take uh, a Japanese cartoon one that wasn't very good to begin with, um, and very simplistic again meant for kids, and you tack on this um, inconsistent voice acting, yeah, they're emoting well. Um, they're- oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that that this has stood the test of time. <laughs> But when I think of Japanese anime of the era and kind of the, this mentality of just cranking content out. Yeah. 
it, it, when it comes to the voices, though, if you compare like the you haven't you haven't watched him, you, you didn't see the episode with Optimus Prime or the episodes with Optimus Prime. But when you compare the guy who did the voice to Peter Cullen at the time, Peter Cullen now I'm not a fan of. But Peter Cullen at the time I loved because the voice for Optimus Prime was basically just John Wayne. Yeah. And it was very recognizably John Wayne. There there was an actual character to the voice where these voices lack any and all character. Yeah. I've learned a lot. So, you know, we do the RPG podcast and of course there's Critical Role out there where the people who play D&D in that podcast are voice actors. And having heard some of their behind the scenes conversation about voice acting and, and performance and what that brings and knowing that I don't have a performing boat in my body. Yeah. Um, RPG actual plays with the voice actors are incredible when compared to, to most other I thought, actual plays. I thought you weren't a fan of that show. Uh, I'm not, but my God, the quality's better because it's so polished. I find myself preferring shadow of the cabal. Where it's still very, very good, very, very good, um, but amateurish enough that I know that I'm getting kind of an amateur's genuine attempt, which I always appreciate more than a professional. I can see that because I mean, yeah, I'll I'll leave that there. Let's go ahead and jump to the next episode, which is four million years, the veil of mystery. The Veil of Mystery. <laughs> this is Planet Jolo. Planet Jolo. Oh, that's where the Decepticons live. A constant threat has surrounded every planet in the universe. I think that's where the Decepticons live. I certainly don't know. Yeah, it is. I'm trying to remember the, the civilization type. So if they... The planet's hollow, and there's cities inside the entire planet. Would that make them a Type One civilization where they can harness all the power of their entire planet? Uh, I don't. So, and then a Type Two is all the power of the star. The type th- is it a Type Two or a Type Three that's all the planet of the star? Power of the star. Uh, I'm not sure. It's basically you have to have a Dyson sphere, Dyson swarm. But I, mean, I don't think we're at the first type yet, which is all of the power of the planet. We are not a. Ty- yeah, we are not a Type One yet. Well, I'm sorry. I guess we don't really need. Was that, was that uh, Asimov, or was that, um, or was that? Uh, I thought Sagan. it was Dyson. That's where the Dyson sphere came from. Strange, Did Dyson come up with that? Okay. Can't you think of anything I don't know. to say about anyone? That's your problem, you know. I'm trying to be honest with you. I don't know because I'm sure people listening will know. I love that it's foggy on the ship. This is a planet. Oh, that's right. Duh. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. We just established that. What were you doing there? You lost me a factory on Pisto. I haven't forgotten that yet. Please call All right, so down. I'm changing something I said in the previous episode. I've got three I, I mentioned how hard it would be to keep Nobody your voice for a character that. consistent, and Galvatron's proven that right now, because this Galvatron does not sound consistent to me as the Galvatron from the previous episode about the asteroid. Um, this is a consi- this is a primary voice if they fluctuate. So it's really important what just happened. We just met Scorponok for the first time, I believe. If not the first time, then early on. I think he, they referenced that he was in episode uh, on Planet Pisto. Are you ready? Let's go. We're always ready. But Scorponok is the leader of the uh, Decepticon Headmasters. Ah.
What did you say? The Decepticons have launched an attack on Bolano? That wasn't that great. No, it wasn't. RC's lips were moving way fast. Oh no, what are we gonna do? Oh yeah, same here. So last episode was was a watershed moment for voices matching lips. This is not. Alright, so, so theory. I wonder if... The, go ahead. Is the cadence going to be better? Did, did someone listen to the previous episode? So, so we learn lessons every podcast we record, right? Did they, as translators, try really hard to match the lips and then say, you know what? We're trying for the wrong thing. Our cadence is too all over the place. Or, possibly, or are they... If it's a small group of people, they lay down the track. Are they trying to run in parallel and one person's doing one edit while the other person does the other edit? So you think it's an editing problem? Could be. That's good. I can go into combat again. What? Oh yeah, these are way off. You see, whenever there's a fight, I'm always there. As a little G.I. Joe crossover, crossover. Whenever there's a fight, I'm always there. Take care of it. Leave it to us, Commander. This this just this is this sounds so much better. Them not trying to match the lips, even though I appreciated the craft of that. So earlier episodes were like this, like this. So that there was a lot of lip movement with no sound. It was just really inconsistent. All right. So in my head, some exec was like, "You have to do a better job of making lips match the sound." And they're like, "Okay." Some exec, guy number three, said. Well, presumably someone's giving them feedback. Like someone has to actually accept the quality of the work. No. That's how it works with subcontracting. But they're not subcontracting. So basically, if, the way I understand it... Oh, there was some headmaster action. Yes. The way I understand it is they're creating it and they're providing it to M- Malaysian TV stations. So they're producing the work and the acceptance is, yes, I'll broadcast this. Or if somebody had a faceplate, yes, I'll broadcast this. Did you say booby trap? Get serious. You were just joking, weren't you? Oh, God, that sounded terrible. You were just joking, weren't you? Hardhead was jumping around and they had a little bouncy sort of sound with this. We haven't arrived too late. Well, again, hopefully they weren't responsible for the Foley work. It seems so. Hey, how's it over there? I don't see any survivors. Oh, they're all dead. <laughs> it is rather macabre to yeah. look up and see all the dead. There's a lot of death in this. Transformers, really? In the, yeah, in the Japanese cartoons. Characters die all the time. I found, yeah. So having a five-year-old and trying to watch some old stuff from my childhood with her, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot more adult themes in older cartoons than there are today. What's an example? Uh, Voltron 84 versus Voltron. Voltron 84 doesn't shy away from we're cutting this monster in half. Japanese. Yeah. Uh, but still, very exposed to America. I mean, okay, here. Close up on uh, on a Transformer's corpse with a giant hole through him. I swear. I'm going to get revenge for them. I'm going to get revenge for them. All suffered the same wounds. Just look. Look at them. They all have a large, deep hole in their bodies. Yeah, and, and by the way, visually, they do. I'm afraid to tell you that, judging by this, we are facing a very strong enemy force now. 
cause of the deep hole in their body. Well, I mean, the hole's in the same place. So he didn't... They, they didn't this is where the translation falls flat, right? What he could have emphasized is, my God, the accuracy. They were all shot in the exact same place. And even as a kid, you're going to be like, whoa, I get that. But they didn't choose to emphasize that, which makes me think they're religiously following the exact translation word for word versus the meaning. Well, okay, so... Um, a recent episode that we talked about was uh, they faced a magnetic bug. That was entirely the translators coming up with that. The episode had nothing to do with the magnetic bug. So it was just them literally coming up with that off the top of their head and putting that in the script. So they're not... I don't think they're religiously following anything. I think there's they're making a lot of inferences in a lot of cases. Maybe, maybe they have incomplete scripts. I don't know. Yeah. But there's a lot of stuff they're coming up with on their own. So... Uh, that's a good point then so the translators are divorced from the guys who did the visual work so if you don't have the guys who did the visual work there to say to you no it's really important that the holes are all in the exact same place every single transformer here was shot through the heart that's what you want to emphasize if you divorce the audio from the visuals you're going to get this mismatch so we're putting more thought into this than the people that actually originally produced the Japanese cartoon there's no documentation maybe not more than the people who did the translation because they actually had to do a lot of thinking to adapt exactly this to English, but there's not a lot of thought that was no put into this cartoon. You say that? Brad, I think any professional at work, Sydney, when this is their job, Sydney. they're going to imbue it with a lot. Maybe more than maybe more than is there. If this is your job... Not really. So, there are... Talk about triple constraints. Time cost scope. Yep. Time was a major constraint for a lot of these episodes. An example in the American cartoon, I've heard stories that they had three days from start to finish to turn around a script and everything. Sure, yeah. So, I get that, right? So that's why you see the uneven quality, and that's why you see different aspects of the translation being emphasized from one episode to the next. Last episode, it was voices and lips. This episode, it's, it's, it's a more even cadence. And that's because they don't have time to go back and redo. They don't have time to decide on what to do and then be consistent throughout. They're having to do it and put it out, and do it and put it out. That's right. But imagine the commissary, or the lunch area, or the lunch break area, wherever they're having lunch, these translators. They're going to talk more like, how do we get better at this? What do we do wrong? How do we... Gosh, you know what I think? I think this. So, I would challenge that by saying that they're not going to have a common area, since it's going to be three guys doing something not much different than three guys. Have you listened to a really bad podcast before? Oh, Sure. So, in my mind, it's more akin to doing a podcast where somebody's having to do a bunch of podcasts together and they're getting tired. They're having to churn this, they're having to churn stuff out really quickly and without having to put as much thought and care into it. It's not, they had a lot of cartoons they had to dub. And this is, this one is not a special case where they had time to be really deliberate and caring about it. This is just another one. This was just another cartoon they had to turn out. 
I'm certain they got There's better along the way because it would be hard not to. But I don't like think I don't think that this is a spe- I don't think this is a case where they really sat down and put the Obviously, same thought and care into this. I mean, hell, we talk about like work-based stuff. We work, we know a lot of people. We work with people who don't put the same thought and care into. They don't want. They don't care about feedback. They don't care about. The Decepticons must they don't care about there. lessons learned and doing things better. They just want to go in and do the same thing oh. over and over and over each day until oh. they retire. Oh, That's true. Happened? That's true. There is a lot of that. But not everyone. Not everyone. Stay on guard, everyone. This could be a trap. A trap? Oh, no, you're joking. Even as a kid, I've, I've always thought doing the random sound effect voices like, whoa, like I could never do that. Hats off to anyone who has the guts to do that, record it, and then air it to any audience, any, anywhere. Oh, I recognize that voice. It's Scorponok. That's right. I want to see you struggle for your life, Fortress Maximus. Just like four minutes. Yeah, see ago. here? You're right. It's underproduced. I would love Scorponok's voice to be like coming over a speaker or something. Yeah. Make it clear that he's not in the room. Add some echo. Make it. You know, add some crackle. Like like make it where he's hacked the bass and his voice is coming into speakers. It just speakers. sounds like he's standing behind all of him. And yeah. It sounds like he's just off camera. So enjoy it. Have a good time, my friends. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Who designed the Autobot base with the ability to spin like a centrifuge in the first place? I don't know, but God bless them. Yeah, I'm so happy about this, ain't you? I've waited for this for so long. All right, Brian, long. I'm going to alienate you, and well, you're going to edit this out. Like the way that Transformers that transform into animals never made sense to me. I know. I feel that my talents have gone to waste in a way. Don't worry, Scarponaka is only testing their What about the Dinobots? This is only the beginning. I'm sure he'll have a lot more for us to do. Maybe a little bit. I was okay with that because they were dinosaurs. Exactly. But the Beast, the Beast Wars era. Oh, no. I know. I know you love it. It's still the best. And I admit, I've never watched it. It, It's complete prejudging prejudice on my part. I've got an idea. Let's go up there. It's the only possible way out. We've got to give it a try now. Drowned in sand. <laughs> Wouldn't the word be suffocated? But they don't breathe. Oh, no. oh, I can't even move. Don't tell me history's gonna repeat itself. Part of me wants to look for more Turing tests. Four million years ago, because of the ongoing wars on Cybertone, everyone left in search of a safer home. I did not realize they left Cybertron four million years ago. I don't know if it's con- I don't know if it's consistent across the series that they said that. Well, the Arabic numerals were four hundred. Yeah. Don't give up, everyone. We must close So unless the kanji behind will. it were four hundred thousand thousand, it could have been. Then four million doesn't make sense. Right. It could have been. Don't worry, yeah. I can handle it. Brainstorm, do you need any help? Don't worry, I'm okay. <laughs> There's a whirlwind. Be careful, everyone. Look. I don't know if it's because we're talking about it, 
or if I would have this problem anyway, but I am not following the plot at all. There's a plot? Yeah. <laughs> what is the what is the what is the million year the four million year veil of mystery? So the titles are typically a translation of the original title. They're rough like so for example, uh first episode is Four Warriors from the Sky. In Japanese, the American title, this title, not the English title of this is like Four Soldiers Come from the Sky or something similar. That sounds so evocative. Four Warriors from the Sky sounds incredibly evocative. Yeah. We can deal with this now. What what training? That's right. We had the most intensive training over the years. We've been trained to withstand sand. I must get out. No, don't get frustrated. This is so, so lame. It is lame. But let's rec- let's, so again, I'm looking for some positives, right? Let's recognize that we talked last episode about how much they reuse animation. When they decided to put this sequence in this episode, they couldn't reuse any previous animation. This sequence was so important to the original storyboard artists and story writers that they made the investment in new animations. You know what this is? What? This is a montage. Oh, it's all, it's all the climates, the sand, the water, and now they're in ice. ice ages. A lot of them were trapped in the ice. Oh, what we're seeing, you're right, it's a four million year montage of how they dealt with this climate and that climate. And this is how they perfected the transformation technique. So this is the origin of the Headmasters. Every body was adapted to a certain environment, and then the head just rode around on it. Transform! Transform! I love that one of them is failing to transform. I really like that. Brainstorm had kind of a girl walk mood. Remember, never give up halfway. Never give up halfway. Get at least three quarters. Give up three quarters of the way, and no less. Wait, wait, we're back to the sand. Yeah. Lessons learned. They're going back to their lessons learned. Oh, they're going back to, hey, we solved this problem four million years ago. Oh, they're switching heads. What does switching heads accomplish? So each head, so the toy, the chest opens up and it shows you the tech spec. Yeah, I I see the strength and power or whatever. And the tech spec really applies to the character, but in the Japanese cartoon, they can exchange text, they can exchange specs by switching heads, which Let's doesn't make any sense. Since like anything other than intelligence really to me belongs on the body, not with the head. Got it. But mind, it's mind over matter, I guess. Our training has finally paid off. And now we can get out of here. Transform Transform How many headmasters are there? Uh several. In so this- in this scene there are four. Yeah. So four heads and four oh, bodies. Five. Okay, five. Someone had to sit down with five heads and five bodies and plot out, okay, in this configuration, they're all in trouble. Yes. But if they all switch heads and they have to... Whoever whoever sat down and did this math, dude, with five, one of them had to keep their heads. No, they could have all rotated one to the left. Yeah. Someone had to figure out a configuration where they're all in trouble, and then they had to figure out a configuration where they're all okay. And that is some that is some thought. Is it is it sensical? No. Do we know what head has what specs? Yeah, that that there would be some. That is known. So they're switching again. Like like do we know? The Decepticons are doing it. Do we know? Oh, the Decepticons are. Take this. 
See, I'm looking for some sensible explanations over, oh, no, no, let's switch heads because I need to boost the strength, whatever. But they're all facing the same plight, so it's not like... It's like, oh, I can't climb up this hill, so I need somebody else's head so I can do it. Like, if the power is in the head, what what good does changing the head do? Yeah. Well, no, I get your premise. But I'm looking for, let's accept that it's a mind over matter thing. Yeah. What... You know, is, is someone putting actual... There's a train in the sky. Is someone putting actual That's thought Raiden. into... Or the robot train. He's the robot train in this. I apologize. You really thought so they named the starship that. Bruce, but the train is the robot train? The robot train. Yeah. Sir, they just made There's some uneven quality going on. I'd like to have a chance to get in the same. Even as a kid, it always bugged me when their, when their limbs would curl. When the lines of... Yeah. Of, yeah. When the straight lines would all of a sudden get a little curved. Although, the Michael Bay movies have done a great job of explaining that with the advent of Transformium. Oh, God. What's always gotten me is when a Transformer has teeth. <laughs> well, how else would they, would they digest Energon? Exactly. I love that the Sarlacc pit is evidently just insurmountable for Transformers. And Astro Train is purple. Is Galvatron from the Netherlands? Because <laughs> he has the flag. Well, I'm sorry, Sweden. He has the Swedish flag on his stomach. He does. again defeated the Decepticon forces, but Galvatron has managed to get away. He Oh, do you hear that kind of choir, choral in the background? It's moving. are ready to take on anyone that threatens the peace of the universe. See that that choral. You know, and they take on anyone who threatens the peace of the universe. That sounds very final. It does. Like, I, I could believe it if you told me that was the final episode. It's not. Yeah. So what did you think? I'm not going to go out and download it. <laughs> but I didn't mind watching it. And it's exactly the kind of thing. Like, I was just telling someone, I've had so many experiences with my daughter where I've gone back and watched things that I'm nostalgic about and been disappointed. I don't know if... If I would be disappointed. So, so this was nostalgic. Was this nostalgic for you? Or did no. You... I, I watched this as an adult. See, oh, you didn't, you, yeah, obviously you didn't live in Malaysia. Well, or, or, ja- or Japan when this originally aired in 87. So when did you first see this? Uh, 99, 2000, 2001, something like that. So you discovered the fact that this was out there. You went out and found it, and then you watched it. Yeah, so I knew about, I had watched uh, subtitled versions in Jap- uh, Japanese first, and it, you know, it was cool, I guess. It it, it seemed way more, uh, quote-unquote, awesome when what? it was in Japanese, but there's something about the dub that I love. What year is this? Uh, the cartoon? Yeah. Uh, 2011, I guess. No, 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 I'm sorry. What year was, was these actually produced? 87. 87. So that's G1 era? See, I always thought Transformers was, was Japan first. No. So, because Voltron was was Japan first, Voltron was Beast King Go Lion. So, um, Transformers the Transformers first came out came out in the U.S. in '84. Um, it was owned by Hasbro. Basically, Hasbro imported from Takara and a couple other company countries. The toy toys. was Japan first. The toys were Japan first. Marvel and Hasbro together created the universe, and it proved to be popular. So Takara reimported it. So you'd have toys that were Diaclone on the shelf alongside their Transformers counterparts because Transformers came out after. Interesting. And the stuff was still on the shelves because Transformers was more popular. So for you, so, so 
all that conversation leads up to this question. For you, do you have some genuine affection for this because it I was do. kind of a scavenger hunt? Or because it's actually good? Because I, I, I can imagine young Brian Kilby in the 90s learning that this exists, going after it, finding it, downloading it, and then watching it with the sense of, oh my God, I found it. Here's G1 era content that I've never seen before, and I found it, and I'm watching it. That was the subtitled version. Okay. So the subtitled version was like, oh my God, it's G1 stuff that's new. Um, and I mean, that's when I learned about, I first learned about all this stuff on the internet, reading about it. Sure, yeah. And I later obtained VHS tapes of it. This came later. I'm pretty sure that I first got this either on a VHS tape or I downloaded it. So if it was a download, it was either like 99... Like Napster or something. Yeah, it was either like 99, 2000 or 2001. It might have been tfarchive.com or somebody like that. Um, And at that point, it was like, oh, this is that stuff that is G1. It's in English, so it's more easily digestible because I don't have to read the (laughs) subtitles. No, it's not. Well, (laughs) so here's the thing, though. They weren't official subtitles. They were fan subtitles. And a lot of times fans take a lot of liberties with things. Oh, yeah. I've watched fan subs before. And like with swearing uh, and they make it out to be way more than it is. Yeah. Um, And a lot of what I saw back then, it felt like that. Uh, Where this was, uh, you know, instead of, yes, oh, I'm going to go save the universe today. You know, I just take it for granted. That's just what I do. Uh, Where in the Japanese uh, subtitle, they try to make it like it's... It's 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 speaking of being divorced, like the subtitles are divorced from the crap that's going on on screen. The crap on screen is just kind of like a silly cartoon, but the subtitles made it out to be like it was, you know, hugely important, full of swearing and everything. It just it just the juxtaposition between the the serious the the serious nature of the subs and the action on screen. Just it just was jarring to me. I, I just didn't like that. I like this better because it's. For me, more easily digestible, and it's funny. I laugh at it. I enjoy it. I, and to me, Transformers isn't exciting because the cartoons and everything are mostly dumb, and I'm okay with accepting that. And if I laugh at something along the way, I'm okay with it. So that's your affection for it. So asking me what I think of it, I appreciate the effort. I, I, I genuinely appreciate the effort the translators went to in what I assume was a fairly hostile situation. Very tight deadlines, limited resources, etc. Considering that, I think they probably did as good a job as anyone possibly could have, and probably a, a fantastic job considering the limitations. I appreciate that. Would I watch more of it? No. This reminds me of so many experiences I've had with my daughter where things from my childhood don't hold up. Actually, some do and some don't, and it's always surprising. What do you think holds up? Voltron? Dude, um, I'm going to lose you so bad right here, but I think Free Willy holds up. <laughs> okay. We we just watched Free Willy the other day on Netflix, and it's a well-crafted movie. There aren't any... A lot of movies from the 90s with a kid protagonist, like Blank Check or whatever. It's, it's absurd. It's insane. People are making completely unreasonable decisions just to set up the situation that some executive dreamed up. Free Willy holds up because they did a good job making it relatively realistic and well thought out, and and the movie's very tightly paced with no boring parts. So the movie is a well-crafted movie. And then things that don't hold up are like some of the He-Man stuff that I loved. I loved He-Man. 
And a lot of the episodes do hold up. But I'm going to be honest with you, man. The Christmas special, the memories that I had of it versus what I actually see on the screen, it doesn't, it does not hold up. And I think this is your He-Man Christmas special. I can see that. I can still watch it. And I do watch it every year, every Christmas. I watch it because I love it, but it doesn't hold up. And I wouldn't make anyone else watch it. For a show called, so what's the name of the show? Headmasters something or other? Headmasters. Uh, so the name of the show is Headmasters. For a show called Headmasters, I really didn't see a lot of thought in the script put into why are they switching heads? What about this head enables this action? And I found myself comparing it to like to Galaxy Quest. So in Galaxy Quest, the aliens watch this nonsensical show and imbued it with all this meaning. I would love to see some fan analysis of which heads had what stats and how, why in this situation did these heads and these bodies succeed, whereas those heads and those bodies failed? I, I For a show called Headmasters, the primary gimmick of the show just lacks explanation. Okay, let's recap. In the first episode, the evil meteor, which I love saying, the Decepticons decide to destroy the Autobots using an evil meteor, which Galvatron names Milo. What a terrible menacing name but danny saves the day strangely and in the second episode which is four million years the veil of mystery we are presented with the origin of the headmasters they perfected the transformation technique to survive the elements and this was presented in phenomenal montage form and over and above that they showed their ingenuity by swapping heads to bolster the feats that each headmaster can already perform, which helped them get out of a major pickle and save them from drowning in sand. So, Dusty, thanks for being here. Would you uh, have any interest coming back when we talk about the next series, which is Master Force? Sure. Awesome. Thank you very much. This was great. Hey, thank you. And hey, listen to RPG Lessons Learned. RPGLessonsLearned.com. This has been What's Happened to the Headmasters, a Radio Free Cybertron production. Find this and other amazing podcasts at tfradio.net. Music and audio clips from The Headmasters are owned by Sunbow Productions and are pretty awesome. 